Hey everyone, welcome back to Thoughtful Intentions. I'm your host, Fiona Winch, and today's guest is a very dear friend of mine, Janae Alston. Janae and I went to high school in Maryland together, and I think it's safe to say that we have both been thoroughly enjoying each other's presence in this New York City postgrad lifestyle. Um, I really can't imagine the past two and a half years here without her. Um, I don't want to get like too sappy before we get started, but her support has meant the world to me. So I was excited to bring her on. Um, and here's just a little bit more about her. In 2018, Janae graduated from Elon University with a degree in strategic communications and business. Upon graduating, she headed straight to NYC to pursue a career in public relations. Shortly after, Janae transitioned out of the PR agency life and into the world of fashion. She now works in the operations division for a major department store and moonlights as a freelance digital designer. As a 20-something just starting out in NYC, Janae has had many formative and eye-opening experiences that have shaped who she is today, and she's excited to share her newfound perspective. So once again, thank you so much for listening and hope you enjoy. No, you don't need <laughs> I'll introduce you later. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'm so really <laughs> I know you are. I feel like I'm gonna be so silly this episode. No, like. it's gonna be so silly, but I can't wait. Let me <laughs> let me just like okay, my notion is open. Okay. I'm I'm not ready. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> <laughs> welcome, Janae. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> okay, I need to calm down. Um, Janae has been like my second brain for this podcast. Um, and she's also done all the cover art. So right away, I just have to acknowledge that because um, it wouldn't be possible without you. Oh. Um, she's worked on a lot of the brand development, too. It's been really, it's been really, really exciting, inc- really, exciting, really <laughs> incredible. And I'm really grateful to be able to take advantage of all her talents. Um, she's wanted me to do an episode by myself to talk about like my experiences and what's led me to this moment in time. But I think we're both in similar places right now, so I wanted to explore together what it means to be in the thick of it. Um, I feel like a lot of the purpose of my episodes was to um, learn about how people get from point A to point B and all the unorthodox things that happen in between any given path. Um, because I think it's nice to hear about that and reflect on that and know that you're kind of going to be fine, (laughs) but (laughs) it can be hard to see it that way when you're in the middle of it and we're both in the middle of it. So we're going to talk about that. Great. Um, hi. (laughs) (laughs) Don't Um, be nervous. I'm feeling very nervous, but Um, I'm excited. We've talked about this for a long time. Yeah, we have. And I do want to go into a little bit of your background um, but first, just to throw you off, warm you up a little bit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I wanted to ask, do you love NYC? <laughs> <laughs> I, do I, I hate love the way NYC. I said that. Um, that is a great question. And we have now lived here together for almost three, years. almost three years. However, there's been a, a lot of, um, off time <laughs> on and off time with because maryland we had a pandemic we did we did have a pandemic we still do we still do if you will um i should also mention that janae well i'll i'll give your little intro but <laughs> janae and i went to high school together and then we go way back 
we go back and so and now we live in New York together so I wanted to talk I kind of wanted to talk at first about New York I wanted to okay, talk about New York about and um, like I, I, I've been thinking like I what are we doing here <laughs> I tell my New York story so like the first time I got to New York so like I had never been this is like hard, sorry. Um, the first time I got to New York was in the eighth grade. I remember we went on a school trip. We went to see West Side Story on Broadway. Aww. Like very, very cliche, like touristy. We went to Times sure. Square. Like <laughs> I think my, I remember going in eighth grade to see Wicked, so. Exactly, yeah. so um, I got here and it was dirty and it was scratchy <laughs> and instantly I was like this is where I want to be and I feel like you like those things I, I don't that kind of surprises those me things. <laughs> <laughs> but I and I feel like everyone has this like New York story oh I went and like my eyes were glossy and shiny and like this is where I needed to go but I was a really weird child and I my parents are like very pushy and mm -hmm. I needed to know where I wanted to be and like what I wanted to do from a very young age and or at least what I thought I wanted to do. Yeah, I was um, going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but how much has that changed? A, a lot. Um, but I just knew New York was like a place where you could do all of the things and you could be scratchy and dirty and scrappy and get it done. So I knew before I even went to college, like, this is where I wanted to be. There was a tract. Okay. And then do you think that it's been what you expected living here? I mean, yes and no. <laughs> yes, in the sense that, like, it is the type of place where everybody is hustling and, like, getting things done. And you can literally be whatever you want to be. But no, in terms of, like, do I think I was prepared or, like, did things go to plan because I feel like here there is no plan like you roll with the punches it's like. <laughs> actually incredible how underprepared yeah I you can't be prepared for postgrad um and I know that you feel the same way yep. so I'm excited to talk about that more it's like for me living here has been this odd combination of like practicing unconditional joy like I don't even know if that's a real thing oh, I love that I don't know if it's a real thing because like it's kind of unrealistic you know well, in what sense I mean there's conditions where you do not have to feel joy you know I mean, yeah. but like I don't think you I but be. I mean it in a sense of like finding joy wherever you are exactly. regardless of what's going on yeah but but then there's the second half to the equation where it's like but also you know if something isn't right, do something about it. Change it. Yeah. Like, if you're not in a good place. Get to a good place. Do something about it, yeah. you know? And that's hard. I think I think 100%. that's something I struggled with because, especially without, like, any sort of mentorship out here, you're just kind of. <laughs> you're on your own. You're just kind of on, on your own. own. And it's, it's and you hard to, to know when that. to make those kinds of shifts um, that will benefit you. But. But yeah. I do understand what you mean with you know this, what like, I mean? unconditional it's like a, joy. Like yeah, I, it's a weird in-between. There's like a weird middle ground yes. there that ha you like, have to like figure out. I feel like uh, the unconditional joy comes, like the th there's things that come with this unconditional joy and like finding the goodness. In, it's okay to like realize, okay, I've lost control of everything. I've lost all my shit, but I can pick it up and put it back together. And there's some joy in that. Like sometimes that is the unconditional joy. I feel like that is part of it. Like... Yeah. I mean, I certainly 
felt super lost last year. <laughs> um, <laughs> but not anymore, but I don't anymore, you know, but it's because I had to make some changes. Um, I feel like that's exciting. I feel like the one of the most exciting parts of uh, being in the city is like, you're going to hit rock bottom. Like everybody you're does. When like did you hit your rock bottom? <laughs> arguably still there. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no I, I feel like the g- when I think back on my three years here, like one of my lowest points was I was in my first job that I got here mm-hmm. and I was sick. I was, I'd literally been sick and like, I don't know, like when you get a cold, doesn't it usually last like three or four days? But like, no, I'm waking up at the ass crack of dawn and going to bed two hours before I wake up. So like I wasn't getting better. Like mm-hmm. I was sick for two weeks and I was working 14 hour days and I was commuting from Queens. This is when you were working for the PR yes. firm? Company? And I was commuting from Queens and it was an hour and a half both ways. And I was, oh my God. yeah, I was getting on the train in the middle of the night because I stayed at the office till 12 a.m. plus. Like it was, it was terrible. And I was like, yeah. okay, you need to like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and like get like you're getting experience but this is not it (laughs) yeah well see that's the thing is like you know I don't my brain is not working today um that's the thing I feel like everyone goes is kind of forced to go through this epic self-discovery because it's like you don't have a choice yeah you know you're but it just has to happen. But this is an awesome place to do it. Well, like. I there's a few, okay. There are a few phrases that you wrote down that I really want to touch on. Okay. Um, tell me, tell imposter me syndrome. Oh, higher education and hustle culture. Okay. I have a lot of opinions. Um, <laughs> but should funny. we go in order? I guess. Um, imposter syndrome. I almost want to think. What made you write that down? Well, the thing that makes so I. I wrote that down because I, at first, like, I didn't re- know what this term meant until I, I've been doing a lot of research because I'm trying to figure out what I want to do next. And I watched a lot of YouTube videos. I talked to a lot of friends. I listened to a lot of podcasts and I heard people talking about imposter syndrome. And it's this idea that when you're trying to do something, especially something new, mm-hmm. everyone knows more than you and you just like know a little bit and you like what you're doing isn't legitimate because you don't know enough and you're not experienced enough and you don't have all of what everyone else has. And it's important to take a step back and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm suffering from imposter syndrome. I know things. I may not mm. know the same exact things as the same people in my field. I may yeah. just be starting out, but like that doesn't make what you know or what you do less legitimate. It's really crazy that you say that because I have definitely felt that without having like a term for it, mm-hmm. especially. Um, so I decided to make a pivot this year yes. in careers and um, I I didn't even have a LinkedIn before this, <laughs> which is crazy, which is me. crazy. But when I, you know, was making the profile, I was suddenly like, what are my skills? Do I have skills? Do, do I know anything? <laughs> like, because especially when you're studying theater, it's a lot of tunnel vision. And when you go to like a conservatory style school, it's, it's, it's about that, you know, it's a, it's a lot of tunnel vision and focus on that. But yeah. like, I had to remind myself like what my skills were what my strengths were what I actually can do 
and the fact that I can learn stuff, yeah. you know, it's like <laughs> you can. And but for a while, you know everything. You don't. No, but like, what do you expect? You know, like I'm 25. No, yeah, <laughs> you're 25, and I'm learning. I'm still learning. And you're going into a new industry, and I feel like you know that, but other people know that too. Like you have to. Like, definitely your skills need to be qualified, but, like, just because someone else knows more than you doesn't mean, doesn't make what you that know you less. you shouldn't be there. Yeah, it doesn't mean you shouldn't yeah, be there. Yeah, it's like self-worth. Exactly. So, okay, let's go over a little bit of your background of these three years, because I feel like when I first thought of that phrase, imposter syndrome, yeah. I was picturing you going from a PR firm to <laughs> fashion yes. to supply chain management. Yes. <laughs> with the fact that you studied communications yes. and um okay I can talk yeah I wanted to hear about that so um I knew I wanted to be in public re- relations before I went to college like I imagine nine-year-old me in are you are you nine in middle school I'm older than that I'm in ninth grade that's that's uh. that's high school I don't know but I am a young whippersnapper um and <laughs> I'm Googling like careers and like what people do and like trying to figure wow. it out. And I came across public relations say and the I was same. like, this is what I want to do. I want to go to hmm. a communication school and I want to learn this craft and do the things. And obviously I tripped and fell and ended up at Elon University, which is a great <laughs> communication school. Small plug. Um, <laughs> definitely tripped apply. And fell. Um, yeah, I tripped and fell. My brother went on a school visit there. I was a sophomore when he was a senior in high school, and I was like, I don't want to go to North Carolina to see all of these schools. Like, I'm mm-hmm. only a sophomore. Like, why am I doing this? And I got to Elon, and I was like, this is home. Like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> but, so, like, I knew from my sophomore year of college, this is where I want to go to school. So, wow. I got there. I studied communications. I didn't a lot of graphic design, too. Um, a business minor, so, like, a hodgepodge of things. Mm-hmm. But I was really set on PR, and I got this job out of school 10 days after graduation. I moved to New York City and it is wild to me. Started working at a small PR agency and it was awesome. Like, I will say it was awesome, but no, I was not prepared. <laughs> I was not ready. I was not prepared. I had the skills, but, and it wasn't even like I couldn't do it. Well, it also, was, was there anything that could have prepared you more? No, 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 no. Yeah. I don't think so. And I had, um, unless I, like, went and, like, I had internships, but I didn't have internships, like, at a big PR agency. (laughs) I got there, and it was, like, 14-hour days. Like, I knew it would be a hustle, but, like, this was crazy. This was crazy. And then you ended up, and that was a seasonal position. It was, it was a, it was eight months. Okay. So almost the whole year. Oh, I didn't realize it was that long. It I was guess so I just got there kind of late in the. It, I I think I got game. there before you. Before you, like I was yeah, there for you, a while. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't get to New York till September after graduation. I like moved in May. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So because I okay. So then you and then you transitioned yes. to. Then well, so I actually got a new job at, um, in fashion, while I had this job at the agency, but it took. The job was to start like a few months down the road, like probably I got the job in November and it wasn't to start till March. So I immediately quit my job, obviously. <laughs> and I started temping in the fashion sphere. So I worked 
in a PR position for a beauty company. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to a wholesale position for a like luxury fashion company. And then I started this new position for a large department store. And I was working in the planning division. Okay, but this is even an example of how I feel like the culture of the job market now is completely different because you were hired at this place, this department store, yes. for something completely different than what they ended yeah. up having you do, 100%. which was then un- also <laughs> again completely different than what you're doing now for them. Yeah. So it's like, for me, I think about just what it means to be a 20-something professional and how versatile people expect you to be. Yeah. And yet you go to school for something very specific (laughs) and then you come out here and they're like, do this, do this, do that. (laughs) And the other thing, and it's great because you can, but it's also like, I think it's a little misleading for a while. Oh, a hundred percent. And I feel like I had a lot of friends in like business school or mostly just business school that that had this tract out of school Mm -hmm. you start as an analyst and then you move up the ranks and you know exactly what you're gonna do this was very different for everyone else everyone else (laughs) and I do want to caveat caveat this caveat caveat uh, it doesn't matter with when I applied so while I was at the agency I applied for this new position at this department store and I had honestly I applied while I was at school for the same kind of position and they didn't even email me back like no email back but I applied from the agency and I got the job which is I didn't get that much more experience and it wasn't even in the field so that's just just goes to show like timing is everything Mm. sometimes you need to put your foot to the metal and like apply anyway like even if you've already been rejected like yeah like stars need to align (sighs) i know and the stars are certainly not aligning at this (laughs) this year well this is a very tumultuous year and i I know so uh, what what were the other things that i wrote okay it was higher education and hustle culture okay which i'm excited to talk about both um I'll, I'll, okay, so I'll do both at the same time. Let's just like swing one into the other. But when you talk about higher education, like I went to college, my freshman year of college, I was 17. Like I hadn't even turned 18 years old yet. And they <laughs> wanted me to figure out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And I was like, are you kidding me? And I know I told everyone that I had this plan to go straight forward, mm-hmm. but also I was 17. Like, Well, that's the problem that <laughs> I have now because, you know, when I'm networking nowadays, people are like, well, if you really want to do this, this is what you have to do. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know that I really want to do this. Like, you know, I'll do the things that you're suggesting, but it's like, I feel 17 again. I'm like, how am I supposed to know that I really want to do this if I have never done it before? You know, it's like, it's all nice in theory, but once you're out here, it's like, I have so much more of an obsession with, having experience in the industry itself rather than like what I think it will be like yeah because because you don't know yeah and I went to a liberal arts I didn't know anything about how the theater industry industry worked anything I feel like and of course and then I got out here and I was like well but like I mean literally logistically like I didn't know how auditions worked I didn't know how yeah that kind did of you, stuff. Did worked. you like do? I mean, I guess theater doesn't work the same way. I'm, I was saying, did you do like internship kind of things? Like, I interned for a casting company in college. Okay. 
but um, still like a little bit different there's not really an equivalent okay. it's kind of like the equivalent would be doing summer stock theater which is basically like regional theater okay. um but that's it's not mostly the same. college kids <laughs> and it's a good resume builder but it's not it's not the same, it's not the same. It's not the same. Um, I, th- I think internships are the same way like you do an internship you apply for an internship you're competing against students from different schools but like once you get in there and they give you the responsibility and it, it's just a shift and the expectations mm-hmm. are different and I almost feel like internships and even like but honestly like right now I would rather have like five internships and just like try things out you know and see how I feel because at this point all <laughs> I, I'm serious at this point like when you're just sitting in your room really really trying to get a job and thinking your way <laughs> You are, it's like thinking in 360 because you think your way into an idea and then you think your way back out of it without anything ever happening in between (laughs) because there's nothing going on. So it's kind of like, I, I, in in a lot of ways I prefer kind of if life could just happen, like I've spent so much time thinking about what I might want to do, but I'm like doing it. Yeah. Not doing it. And it's like, there's so much that I can try on my own. You know, I think that's where passion projects come in, but (laughs) it's still not necessarily a reflection of what that day-to-day would be like also i've like questioned like so like at that you've thought your thing yourself into these things and then you thought yourself out of these things but then at that point it's almost like i've really thought about this and i'm like does it matter like just just do something like you (laughs) like just do something well that's ideal but like you'll gain skills you can't do something it's it's hard like that's what's different (laughs) about right now you know, like, okay, well, yes, we I have a different, this. yeah, Wait. I know, I know. Okay. Okay. I need this to acknowledge the fact that we are job searching during a pandemic. We are. It's a pandemic. It's a pandemic. <laughs> and it's brutal. It is. And brutal. I hope that anyone who is in this position feels a little less alone. Like you're not the only one who is struggling with that because I think literally everyone our age that I know is looking for a new job. Like but also I constantly talk to people and they're like, yeah, I'm looking for a new job. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. But also, so I do think I've talked to a lot of friends as well before, before pre pandemic, okay. if you will. Okay. Um, let's pre and post pre and post pre pandemic. I feel like this is the age where everyone's looking for a new job. Like even if there wasn't a pandemic ever, I feel like everyone would be looking for a new job. Oh, like this is a general age, this like general regardless age. Like, of generation. Re- 24 25 year olds 24 25 year olds like you get in it's an entry-level position you learn and you're like oh no (laughs) yes you learn fast you pick stuff up and and you you just start out so you're realizing oh no this is not what I want to do or you're realizing oh I love this okay how do I I get to the next is where I think this is where people think higher education comes into play which makes a lot of sense for certain degrees (laughs) you know you have to go to law school you have to go to medical school yes if you want to be a lawyer you gotta go to business schools i mean great yeah i'm I'm assuming i've never (laughs) (laughs) but here's my thing because i literally just had a conversation with one of my old professors about this this week we literally talked about this week um i love school i love my professors (laughs) i love the idea of mentors like i got very close with my professors Um, so I've never been opposed to higher education. I always thought that I would go to grad school. Um, but I don't like this concept of going without knowing what for or why, you know, it's like, it doesn't feel like it should just be a next step unless you you think, unless it has a really specific purpose. 
in part because of how expensive it is so expensive and the time too like you know i know a lot of programs are one year but like it's and i wouldn't go for i wouldn't go for acting but like juilliard's four years it's a it's a commitment for sure and not that i think i was going to go to juilliard (laughs) (laughs) i would love for you to go to juilliard um but i'm just as an example no it's a commitment and i feel like it's not it's not even like scary like I feel like if you go to grad school, like the job security is there. You're going to network. Okay. And this was the argument that my professor said. He was like, it's, it's really important for those connections. You know, like that's where you, but that's not even the scary part. I think the gamble is like, I'm going to put it on this time. It's, you're not like, I'm not going to get it. And get out and not like it. You're going to get out and you're going to be like, well, that's my fear too. That's my fear too. I'm like, that's why I want experience in the industry and then decide that I want a higher education in it. But it's, it's hard tough to because yeah. let's caveat pandemic, pandemic <laughs> you don't really have that option you know it's kind of like what if you just don't get that chance to experience it first that's true and that's i think that's very and i think even so i am starting to consider it i will I, admit i i'm con- i've always been considering my it. professor you know was like <laughs> i know he was like if you're spending all this time looking up job applications why don't you also just look up grad school programs and see if anything speaks to you and i was like that's an easier pill to swallow like that is you know but if, if but you read something that sparks signs and you <laughs> might feel differently <laughs> honestly I'm, I'm gonna be very honest with you and everyone that's recommended grad school to me has not acknowledged that yeah part. like it's it's like they don't talk about it and it's so crazy to me <sighs> i was talking to my dad about this and i was like dad college is so expensive and he was like yeah and i was like <laughs> I was like, this divide. He's like, like, why do you think we start the savings account when you're born? Bruh, like, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was like, it's not fair. Like, I'm like, there are so many smart people out there, and they just like don't have access. Well, that's to what. This yeah, I'm like, okay, so <laughs> what crazy. happens? Like, this is just you don't have a choice. Like, I don't get it. What? Like, what do you mean? Like, if there's no way around it. I mean, y- like. So I talked to my mom about it too, and she's like, "Grants." She's like, "There are grants out there." No, but there's no way around like there's no. Is there no way around? Um, around what? Getting into an industry, succeeding in an industry without going to grad school. No, there's definitely a way around, and I think a lot of people. You just think that there's not a way around at this moment. I think there's a way around. I don't think it's. I don't think it's happens to a lot of people, and I don't think it's the most direct route. And I'm sure. You end up in a position where you're going, you're bouncing from here, you're bouncing from there. It might take longer. You might need to meet the right people. I'm yeah. not saying that it can't be okay. done. I think it can be done, but it would be kind of hard. It would be if you want to streamline the done. process, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And up. okay, wait, this is a great segue. Streamlining the process. Let's talk about hustle culture because oh my, oh my I have been bopping around for the past three years to a lot of different jobs with the pursuit of this one concept of doing theater and it is it feels so much harder to okay I don't even know how to explain this hustle culture I think every job that you could do while you're in pursuit of something else will be of value I think you learn skills at every place time you position do. whatever i you know you have no to shade. facilitate that but no you shade do. to any of it however hustle culture as Israel. a previous gig worker it's incredible how unrealistic people think it is in terms of 
um, like just lifestyle and, and cost of living. Like I was flipping between um, babysitting, catering, temping, and being a brand ambassador. Um, All at once. Kind of. I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's definitely overlap <laughs> between a few. And when I tell you that like unemployment pays more, I'm not kidding. And I know that that's no, not I, something people want to acknowledge. I was but working it's like, nine to five on a good salary and unemployment, unemployment still paid more. So like it's <laughs> the hustle culture is so brutal because first of all, in a lot of like gigs, gig working, um, it's about consistency. And if you hit like a dry season for catering or something, you just don't have an income for like a week or two you know it's like the events have to happen for you to make money the babysitting the the parents have to go on a freaking date for you to you know yeah make money it's all dependent it's really dependent on other people and other things to happen and and it's it's hard to keep up I want to like set the scene like we live in New York City like everything is expensive like I'm sure if you if you were to do the same kinds of things somewhere else, like in your situation and in mine as well, like mm-hmm. I almost think we would excel more. It would be easier, but we live in New York City. We do. <laughs> Everything is expensive and everybody is running to the finish line. Like everybody is grinding. In pursuit of a specific yeah. thing. Everybody's grinding. Like the city doesn't care. The city doesn't give a single shit how hard you <laughs> worked. Like somebody's out there working harder That's than you. That's why I asked you in the beginning, do you love it here? I do, <laughs> I, I lo- I do love it. It pushes yeah. you. It pushes you to be a better version of yourself. I really think the city does. I think, yeah, I think it definitely forced me to figure myself out really fast. And it's, it's been kind of brutal because I feel like it kind of beat me up. It does <laughs> beat you up. It does. You need it. And so I do think that this time of slowing down was super beneficial because I did get to think through a lot of stuff. It's just like, okay, I'm done with the thinking now. Let's start doing stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, 100%. And I feel like, but I, and I'll, I'll give the example of when I was at the PR agency, I was working like 14 hour days. Like I got into the office at seven something and I left at like, God, I could have ended up leaving at 7 something a.m. Um, mm. But I was talking to someone else who worked in an office but in a different like city, and she was like, it was 9 to 5. We got it at mm-hmm. 9. But <laughs> it's also went. like, why is there so much pride attached to that? Like, congrats, you spent yes. 100 yes. People take hours pride in, in the office this People week. Do. Like, I know they do. And I'm not that guy. I'm not her. I know, I'm not that guy either. And that's why I literally said... Um, part of the reason I wanted to pivot was like being a starving artist is not a hill I want to die no. on. It's just not like, it doesn't seem appealing to me. I don't feel like I'm a martyr. Like I don't, <laughs> don't need to be. I don't want to be, and but there is definitely people take pride in that, especially here. And yes. I think it's because things move so quickly and it's like how much you can get done in a single week. It's yeah. like and a, I f- a flex, I but feel like it's not healthy. It's not healthy. And I feel like even, I feel like, um, I don't know if every college is like that, but I feel like my college was that way. Like it wasn't about like at the end of the end of senior year. How many credits can you take this semester? N- n- it wasn't even like credits. It was like, it wasn't about, did I get a job like that I'm interested in that's going to benefit mm. me? It's like, do I have a job at the end of the semester? And like, did I get it first? Like it was Ugh. literally like a run and I feel like it's like that here and like it's a rat race it's a rat race and you're all trying to get to the same thing but 
but for what there's not so enough that reveling you can, like, in post like, on linkedin i don't know there's not enough reveling in like wow i got here i did all this hard work to get here and like i'm learning this I'm is exactly why i no shade to anyone that uh lives at home still i probably should have done that <laughs> for a little bit longer but i always get so impressed by people who move here with, with no job with no job and with no Crazy. security i mean i did it maddie did it maddie did it maddie. um wow i know a lot of people who have done a lot it of, i know a lot of people who and it too. always like impresses me because there's a certain amount of like faith and resilience you have to have to and boldness 100%. to like give that a try 100%. Um, and it's not, I think, I think the hustle culture is not all, I don't think it's all unhealthy. Like I do think it pushes you and I do think it makes you re, it's part of why the city beats you up. Like it makes you reevaluate, but I do think you need to have like also this other side of it where you're like, okay, I am growing. I am changing. I I mean, it definitely made me understand what I didn't want to (laughs) do, but then it's just a, other side of the coin of like okay well then what do I want to do yeah and I don't know that anyone necessarily answers that until they're just in it and they're like ah this is it but I think it's allowed to I think we are taught you get to you get to college Mm -hmm. you are taught that you want this job in this industry you're supposed to you're supposed to take steps a b c d to get here and you you just like you keep moving the goalpost and you're Mm -hmm. never sitting down and saying like this is what I really want to do like it doesn't and like why do it if you're not gonna enjoy it like I'll tell you why because in that process you've now attached a bit of your ego to it and it's like but that's what everyone's been that's the standard you've been held to this whole time obviously you would do that no but the idea of it's not great but but the idea of giving up on your plan it's like or just not having a plan is or not terrifying. having a plan no no no. hang on the idea of giving up on your plan um even when you don't want to do it anymore or yeah. it won't benefit you i think takes a blow to the ego because it's like because you didn't make it you didn't do it well you didn't win. yeah exactly you didn't succeed but why are you trying to, why are you trying to win like you're, you're not trying to win life like you well, don't we win. live in a capitalist society we do but that's not <laughs> what it's about like we've transcended capitalism like listen to gen z you know <laughs> like we i did make it on job talk the other day for those who don't know it's, what is job talk it's just i this, don't know well you know it's like tiktok but like where they talk about job job stuff oh i i live on job talk (laughs) that is my tiktok like what Um, are you doing and it's funny because i feel like social media is teaching me a lot more yeah dude dude do you know how much of the skills i've learned on tiktok is amazing so job talk um they were talking about cover letters the other day and um love it she said it so bluntly and yet so (laughs) so elegantly i guess she was just like tell them how you can save them time and money and i was like yep that's Damn. that's yeah. all they want but also like okay Th- I was i'm glad we're talking about this because i about the job search because i feel like it's underrated and something that people feel awkward sharing yeah. and it's, it's like secret because like, it's back to this whole ego thing of like yeah. oh i i feel really uncomfortable talking about the fact that i'm unemployed because it's somehow a reflection of my self-worth 
and it's yeah like not- no in this city your job is so tied to your self-worth 100 yeah. percent. and i was talking to my dad about this and i think it's like an amazing thing like there i feel like there's a lot of here and like in college like i'm not knowing what you don't know if that makes sense yeah. and I was talking to my dad about it and I was like, when I was in college, like high school, okay, I was a good student, but like I kind of skated by and there was a moment that clicked for me that was like, and I think it was the moment that I realized that hustle culture was fucking real. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, everyone is like on their P's and Q's. Everyone is getting these internships. I need, there's things that I need to be doing that I'm not, that I didn't know about. I must have been focusing on something completely (laughs) different. Like, I'm like everyone is I I just didn't know yeah and I talked to my dad about it and it's funny because he told me we were sitting in the car I remember it vividly he said when I was in high school I wanted to be a graphic designer and I was like why am I just hearing about this now um it's so funny that you say that because I also have talked to my mom and she was like I told you in high school that you wouldn't like the audition lifestyle and I was like I don't remember that (laughs) and I'm like you should have told me twice (laughs) which is I'm just kidding. Like, it's not like, her fault. Even if she had told you twice, like, <laughs> yeah, would you have listened just, to it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're also, how would you possibly know? I was thinking the other day, like, even if they did home at classes that were like, let's talk about taxes, let's talk about this stuff, would I have paid attention? I don't know. Because it's not relevant. We don't know the gravity. Homecoming is relevant. We don't know the gravity of it. And, well, so he said he wanted the to da- be a graphic like, designer. And then I was like, you're an The engin- drama is relevant. None the of dra- that is relevant at the yeah, time. Yeah, no, it's not relevant. I was like, you're an engineer. And he was like, well, Howard University had a... Shout out, both of our... Shout out, both of our dads went to Howard. (laughs) Um, Howard University had an engineering program they were starting up, and they were giving scholarships. And he was like, Mm. I heard the starting salary, and I signed myself. (laughs) 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 I was like, you're kidding me. See, I... He was like, I'm not. I'm not. And and it's so funny, because I grew up with this very hippie sense of like, Money doesn't buy happiness. I grew up <laughs> the very opposite. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I still think that in a lot of ways, which is why I feel like I have not lost my mind um, being <laughs> unemployed <laughs> this time. Like, you know what I mean? Just because it's like... No, but I... But, but I will extreme. say... I will say I also hated being broke. It was so hard. It's not fun. It's so hard. I remember this one time I... Um, this was probably September of 2019. We were in my railroad apartment and I had written a check for like a hundred dollars, literally seven months prior. Oh my God. I completely forgot about it. It was to a family member who, you know, I, I would have been fine if he cashed it, but I just didn't think he was after all that time. I didn't think he was going to. Seven months later, he cashed the check. And you weren't ready. I was not ready. <laughs> I literally couldn't get out of bed that morning. Like, it was so hard. It was, it's just like, it's it, when mean, you live, when you're living on the bottom rung of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that's all you can think about. That's all you can focus on. It's like shelter, food. Yeah. That's not water like, sleep like there. I don't know it's and granted I will say I'm lucky you know I do have very supportive family um they would open they would take me 
into their home with open arms if I wanted to go back. <laughs> um, but I really wanted to be here and to try. Um, yeah. And I feel but like people everybody underestimate that age. how hard it is to survive. No, literally. And so my senior year of college, shout out to Professor Bowie. This man taught a personal finances class, and I think there was 12 people in the class. See, this is me and Maddie were talking about this, and I'm so sorry that I keep referencing no, Maddie without um, telling the listeners. She's just a good another, friend of ours. Another one of our good friends. Um, we talked about recently how we really want to increase our financial intelligence this year. Um, my brother and I have been passing books back and forth. Awesome. About financial intelligence. Shout, shout them out. Shout them out. Oh, I don't want to do that because Courtney didn't like one of the ones that we read. And so <laughs> also a I good need friend to of verify all of them first. I'm trying to like get a lot of sources and see what different people say, you know. That's good. But I took, so I took this class. It was an elective. It was one credit. Okay. We, it was supposed to be a blow off class. Okay, right? This is one of the classes where I learned the most applicable skills to my life now. Like, please share. <laughs> <laughs> we got to the class and I tell you not, I kid you not. Professor Bowie was like, there is no curriculum. Like, I want to know what you want to learn in the class. And we were like, but how do you know what you It made us do know. research. Like, we literally, mm. like, went, we, we, like, went into the depths. We were all talking to each other. There's only 12 of us. We were like, okay, well, like, what, like, what does, we had to look up what it yeah. takes, like, the prices that it takes to live in a certain city or a certain place. Like, we had to do all that. We yeah. had to learn how to make a budget. We had to learn about equity and, like, how, and obviously, like, if you're in the school of economics or, like, B school, like, you know, you hear about all these things. But, like, I'm a communications major. You were, there were people from all over the school mm-hmm. that took this one credit class. He's, like, we learned about credit card debt and, like, all these kinds of things wow. that you don't know about. All, the, all these kinds of, like, starter, <laughs> starter things. Starter pack. Um, starter pack. Young adulthood. You're a young adult starter pack. Like, exactly. And... We had to build our own budget as if we were living in the city, as if, and it even goes to show like, okay, what salary do I need to live here to be able to sustain mm-hmm. myself? Like, because you're not doing that. I What's mean, some people do that through income? college and shout out to you. It's amazing. But a lot of us didn't. I didn't actually, do that. Yeah, I know. I didn't. We're, we're lucky enough not to have to, but. I mean, I, I think the, f- well, I had jobs through college. Um, like, I worked the whole time. I worked, yeah, I worked the whole time, too. I worked, like, three jobs But in I college. think the only time I ever started a budget sheet was when I went abroad. Um, Smart. And then I knew I had to keep yeah, track. Yeah, yeah. But I had no concept for cost of living. Um, and it's different. And I'm, you know, again, I want to acknowledge the privilege there. Yeah, 100%. Because it is huge because everybody Um, doesn't start from where we started but no no certainly not um but it is a brutal wake-up call and (laughs) when you don't have that those kinds of tools under your belt like you're mentioning um it can be really confusing yeah i literally filed my taxes this year by myself and i had to file six jobs in two different states crazy and it was horrible yeah i'm sure it was literally horrible. like did you cry. use like a turbo tax yeah or like i used a turbo tax okay, but it was good. like it was incredibly confusing and then my this is my mom and i talked about this too it's like then what if you are english as a second language you don't oh have God. like 
parental support like there's so many more things that make it that much harder also like again like you said not everyone takes a personal finance class yeah, bro, like, we, we signed up for this as a blow-off class but it's <laughs> also like you know so then where's the solution because also not everyone goes to college so it's like no. do you do it in high school but like i said before would you even know to focus on that no like probably I, I don't not. i think the world like my mom says this the world will teach you better than i can show you like i think you just have to pick up pick up put on your overalls and like get but get in there your head above water yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think you do, and it's gonna be different for ever, for everyone. And it's part of, it's exciting. It, it is. It exciting. is exciting. It's exciting when you feel like. It's exciting when you feel like there are opportunities, though, because, even talking about a five-year plan for so long, and I'm gonna really like rock your <laughs> world for a second. A five-year plan for us means thirty. No, I'm. It's it's twenty-nine. I'm twenty-four. You're turning twenty-five this year. This year. But it's January, so this year is part <laughs> of the plan. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, in general, five-year plan has scared five years me. Is Thirty. Yes, <laughs> I know it scared me. <laughs> I'm hurting. <laughs> it's fine. I I actually but know some thirty-year-olds. The they are not that far ahead of where we are. So. I know. Well, here's the thing. Like but that like, concept. What? Like what is the, what is the okay, bar? Okay, let me finish. <laughs> That concept has terrified me because how can I possibly think like that? Like, I don't know. I, I, if, if you had told me five years ago that I'd be in this position, I would, I wouldn't have believed you. I would have no idea, yeah. you know, but the more work I've done on just thinking about my interests, my skill sets, my values, it becomes exciting about what hundred percent you could do. Yeah. You know, it's more about what I can do, not what I should do. And think about where you were five years ago. I have a friend, her name is Erica <laughs> and she's a planner. She's a planner. She plans everything out. She loves to, she loves, she knows, she loves the question when you go on an interview and they're like, where do you see yourself in five years? I run from it. She loves it. Um, I <laughs> genuinely crazy, need right? to come up with an answer to that. If I ever get an interview, exactly. because like, I wouldn't know what to no, say. But, and I mean, I could tell you long, long term, like I could tell you what I would want but to that's do. Like, it's, it's not but so then it's rigid. About, it's like conceptual yeah. and you know what I mean? But like I implore her like what will exactly I implore her to think about where she was five years ago and think about where she is now and I'm like you wouldn't believe yourself and everything that you every single little thing that you plan did not happen yeah well that's that's also part of the point of like this podcast was just all the things that happen in between yeah by accident point a and point b yeah yeah and in in a lot of cases it's for the better because you get that much closer to 100%. what hundred percent is actually true and good for you um but i mean it's it you, takes you a lot of know. work and that's that's one of the most most it takes a lot of resilience exactly that's one of the most most exciting things though like you're gonna meet all these new people you're not gonna be the same person you were five years ago like how old was i five years ago 19 like oh my god thank god i'm not who i was when i was 19 like you mm. <laughs> yeah you are going to change completely and what you want and who you are is going to change. So obviously you're not going to follow this five year plan that you And can I tell you out. the the best thing that I did this year, well yes. this past year that has helped me get closer to this sort of excitement um has been writing down what my values are 
and just acknowledging whether or not I'm living within those values. Okay. Because I think that when you are living outside your values, whether it's with work, your relationship, the people you're surrounded by, the place you're living in, if you're living outside your values, you're going to suffer. Yeah. And you know that it's like something you can do something about, Mm -hmm. but without that foundational acknowledgement of what your values are, it like feels elusive almost, you know? Because you don't, you haven't, you haven't given yourself guidelines, like... Yeah, like I, like just for example, I would say like a few of mine are like reliability, education, empathy, you know, like things that I value in myself and in the people I've chosen to surround myself with, like the kinds of values that I want in my day to day, all that. It's important. Yeah. And I think that's when you start doing that, you also then start finding joy. Ha ha. We're wrapping it all the way back around. (laughs) And I want But when you're living in New York and it's this fast paced, you lose you can lose sight. The goal the only goal is like I need to get here. Like everything else can fall to the wayside. Yeah, I mean even like it during can. the pandemic, it was hard to to keep on that sometimes because I just had to think today, tomorrow, today, tomorrow, today, tomorrow. And that was the best way for me to operate for a few weeks and then a few weeks and then a few weeks. I want to talk about I want to talk about so I, I have this we we're talking about this idea of like self-discovery yes and i want to talk about like one how grateful i am to live in this day and age where like mental health is so is I'm not, not taboo. so destigmatized but it's still like a little bit stigmatized yeah. but it's way it's more out in the open yeah. than it used to be and i feel like everyone has been struggling with this mm-hmm. pandemic like if you're okay like then maybe something is wrong with you if you're so okay through this <laughs> pandemic <laughs> then I'm concerned but um like when are you gonna crack (laughs) yeah when are you gonna crack and I feel like it's something everyone had to grapple with this year yeah and again I'm grateful that I live in 2021 where we can talk about it and like evaluate it but I do think it's a big thing that comes also comes with this hustle culture and being in the city and hitting rock bottom like your mental health definitely suffers and it's something that a lot of people don't value, I feel like, as much as they should, if that makes sense. Like, you yeah, don't well, have to think yes, about it always. But this year, you had to think about it. You had to think about it. Well, it's <laughs> also, like, if you're a person who has anxiety, but you're high-functioning. Yeah. If you have high-functioning anxiety, it's, like, you probably aren't going to address it because you can you're get getting things done, done. Yeah. What you want to get done. 100%. Um and then and I feel like this like year, like distractions fell to the wayside. Like you had to, this year, you last year, yourself. you had to face yourself. You had, to, you, you had, had a lot to. of time to. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. You had to face but yourself. But I kind of like it because it's kind of what the city does to you. Well, you have to but face also yourself. because I feel like I've had the time to address things that I've wanted to change in small steps. I like tiny habits. I like that concept of just like, you know, not cutting things out cold turkey, not like trying to make a drastic change by next week. It's like, oh, these are small things that I want to do differently. And I have the next three months to work on them, (laughs) you know, like. And it's funny because. I remember when this, the pandemics, we can talk about the pandemic. We should talk about 2020. Okay. When the pandemic started, 
I remember my company was one of the last companies to like send us home, especially it, it was really bad in New York City. Not that it wasn't. What month did you leave? In March. Okay. Not that it wasn't bad everywhere else, but it was really well, we bad. Were the first epicenter. In New York City. And I remember people were not going into the office. People were really worried like Cuomo was talking about shutting down the city and I was still going to the office (laughs) I was like I'm getting a little nervous Mm. are you gonna send us home um but I think it was March 18th around then my boss was like take your laptop home like I don't know if we're coming back and I was like okay and then I remember that night I was on a zoom call and we were talking about Oh, this is gonna like p- we were taking bets. Like it sounds horrible now because a lot of people have passed on, but like we didn't know how serious it was at the time. Oh my god! About like when you about back. when we'd be back in the yeah. city, and I mean I was thinking May for sure. People were like <laughs> two weeks. I said well, May first. Okay. I, I said May first. No, no, no. I also thought when I packed my bag, I thought I was gonna be gone for a week. Yes, I had to go weeks. back in April to get more stuff because exactly. I thought I was gonna be gone a week. I thought in May. I, I, said, I left May 13th. I think. I'm taking you bets. This is gonna be three months. March, April, I mean March, May. Ma- sorry, March 13th. March, April, May. We're gonna be back in. We're gonna be back in May. And uh, we were on a Zoom call with friends, and everyone was like, "You're crazy. Like we're not gonna be gone till May." Oh, <laughs> uh, I thought I was being conservative. Like I was like, "We're gonna be back." In I May. kept moving that goalpost. Oh, like, everyone's moving. Yeah, I know. But like, still. I, I, yes, yeah, still, I was like May, and then I was like, "It's gotta be June," <laughs> and then it was just month by month. Like it's gotta be July. It was just like, okay, you're home. Like yeah. both of us went back to Maryland. Yes, to quarantine because the city was bad and. God forbid something happened and we need to go to the hospital. There weren't a lot of seats left at the hospital. Why not? Um, but it was it was tough. And it was like, okay, it's going to be May. It's going to be June. It's going to be July. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So what sort of self-discoveries did you make? I, <laughs> I <laughs> this can segue us into, I know we wanted to talk about like the dating scene in New York City. I did. I actually, okay. 20 something. I, I, wait, I actually <laughs> had a good um, transition for that. Oh my God. Um, this can be the transition. Books. Okay. So circling back to NYC, and this whole lifestyle yes. component of being a 20-something professional trying to figure it out. What are your hot takes about dating here? Okay, well. Do you want to talk about dating during the... Pe- should we do pre and post? Uh, let's, uh. Do, let's do post first. Let's just do post first. We'll stay so in 2020 for a minute. I was talking to someone when this all went down. Like, mm-hmm. we had just gone on our, like, third or fourth date. And, like, I think it's going well. Like, amazing. Mm-hmm. But then I move home to Maryland. Like, obviously... <laughs> And we're in a pandemic. So, like, obviously, like, more important things are happening. And obviously, this relationship fell to the wayside. But obviously, I wasn't prepared. Yeah. (laughs) And tensions were high. Like, not with, not in this relationship, but just, like, around the world. Like, let's talk about, like, the (laughs) pandemic. We didn't know where we were. I had just been furloughed from my job. And... I didn't know for how long and like the whole Black Lives Matters protests yes. were happening, like all of this. And obviously I'm worried about my relationship, not to be selfish, just because I can only bite off so much. It's also like massively chew. the only thing really in your control. <laughs> and the thing fell apart. I'm not going to say it blew up in my face, but it just like really like fizzled out. It fell apart right before my eyes. And I was like, is this another rock bottom? 
No, it wasn't rock. <laughs> it wasn't rock bottom. No, I mean, just the world is burning and this is falling apart. And, and the world still is And burning. especially when you're in a place where it's like, I, I talk to, I'll bring, like, I talk to my college friends about this a lot, but I definitely think, like, there is, and I've learned this from my friends, and obviously I haven't been in a super serious, like, long-term relationship, but I definitely think there's a time in your life where you're, like, where you think, oh, I'm ready for something more serious. Like I'm ready to be mm-hmm. in some sort of relationship rather than your mind, at least my mindset and a lot of my friends, when you come out, go into college and you come out of college and you're like, oh, I'm just trying to feel out what's going on and like who I am as a person. Like I'm yeah. not ready to be with someone else. But I, at the beginning, before pre-pandemic, I was in a place where I'm like, oh, I could try this out. I think I'm ready. I'm more mature. I know who I am. I know mm. what I want. You know what I mean? And I think all those things are important before you get yourself into yeah, a Yeah, it's like put your mask on first. Exactly. So I had just just arrived there. And then a pandemic happened. So I was like, I'm not going to meet anyone for a while, but I'm talking to this great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it fell apart. And I didn't know when the pandemic was going to end. So I'm like, great. I'm in this space where I'm ready. And there's no one here. <laughs> It was just kind of wild. It was a culture shock. It is wild. I mean, I entered a long-distance relationship. Yes, you. The exact opposite. Please tell us. And it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. Um, Yes, but it is. Can you bring him on the podcast? I think you should do an episode. No? That would be so funny. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's been wonderful, but it's still, like incredibly frustrating that the pandemic is still happening because it's, it's like still happening you know it feels in a lot of ways like all of us at this age have just had to put our lives on hold in a lot of ways and this is such a pivotal time in our lives I feel yeah like. so it, it gets frustrating I remember the first time I heard the daily um I think this was probably probably August maybe um they were talking about vaccines and how you know we didn't know at the time that it would when happened when it would come out when it would happen and they were talking about how you know four years to to at least two years two years to four years (laughs) yeah and i was like doing the math and i was like oh my god like am i we're gonna be 30 is it just gonna eat my 20s (laughs) like it's just gonna eat my 20s but you know that hasn't been the case no um and it can feel that way it can it does a lot of the time it does a lot of the time but it's it's not it's not true no i don't think it's true and i and i feel like especially like dating wise like one obviously so much was going on so like i think it's great that i got out of this budding relationship Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the pandemic because it gave me more time to focus on myself and two I feel like if you want to be dating, you can do it in a safe way, and you can Do you zoom. think so? I, I, I'm not saying, like, go out there and meet 10 people that you don't know, but you can Zoom date. You can still talk to people. You I want to Zoom date. I don't want to Zoom date, <laughs> but I think, <laughs> I think... Would you Zoom date? I think I, I, I'm going to be honest and say I haven't gotten a Zoom date. <laughs> <laughs> but I think people are out there doing it. And hold on, I'll, I'll reference my friend... Um, yeah, we need Erica proof. again because she was talking to a friend the other day and she was like, my friend told me this new term that has like surfaced during the pandemic and it's called reheating. And she's like, you know, when you're in a new relationship and you're dating someone and you're like heating up and she's like, 
given the pandemic because we're trying to be safe and we're not trying to meet new people mm-hmm. we're just trying to talk to people that we know and we know they're being safe mm. like she's like a lot of my friends have been like reheating with guys like they've been out with before like guys that they know is this why you're scared you're gonna end up with someone from <laughs> high school <laughs> yes i am and also you know that statistic that's like so old it's probably from the 50s it's like so you old meet the person you're gonna marry before you turn 16 like people say that and i'm sure that's old they should do another study no i heard 16 like that's you, aggressive yeah so aggressive which what i hope they that's not the case. they want us to meet before 16 they want us to decide our career at 17 yeah like, what what are they thinking i actually had this thought the other day because it occurred to me that like um obviously humans didn't live as long you exactly. know in general so I understand why that concept exists, exists, but it's, but it's so outdated. It's like, like, get, get it together. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. They need to do a new study. In the first, like, I can't even say quarter because it's less than that. Like, of your life, you mean? Yeah. Mm. You want me to have all of that down? Oh, yeah, my no. God. It's not fair. Big ask. People it's a used big to get ask. married when they were 13. So people are reheating now. People are reheating. And they've been like, who are you reheating with? And oh, I'm like, wow. I'm like, I have found myself trying to reheat, but the microwave really? is broken, my <laughs> friend. <laughs> there is n- I've thought about it. What's that TikTok? I thought about it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But I, I was just thinking about it. I was just thinking about it. I was just thinking about it. Yeah, um, no. Um, wow, that's funny. So, I mean, I do think this is a big time of self-discovery. You're supposed to work with yourself. You're supposed to... I don't, I don't know. I, I don't feel comfo- comfortable going out and, like, meeting. We're not going anywhere and meeting, like, a bunch of new... From the apps? Yeah. Like, I, I also hate... I actually just deleted the apps off my Did phone. you? I Congratulations. I, I hate the apps so much, and I'm not saying that the apps are bad. Like, I know a lot of people who are in great relationships that mm-hmm. have, like, found them from the apps, but... Yes. Especially in this time, I think there's a lot of people just on the apps well, to be on the apps. Well, it's complicated because I feel like both parties have to have similar intentions and how could you possibly know that from a stranger it's kind of it's kind of crazy and i feel like pre we can talk about dating like pre-pandemic okay Um, go for it it's like pre-pandemic you would go out more about that new york lifestyle exactly you would like go out we we used to go out all the time like even working working these 14 hour days broke we would broke we would still figure it out like you would go out and you would meet new people and you would have a time and like you would get some numbers and then you would set up some dates like that's how it went um and obviously that's not happening now and i feel like in the city there's this there's this culture of like being young and meeting new people i feel like it can be hard to like know where to go to We've meet talked the new about this people before because and like the right kind of people i do well it's also like i think because it's here people like to leave their options open quote oh unquote, for sure especially at this there age. are so many people here but it's also like don't kid yourself <laughs> like, <laughs> get, get over yourself a little bit I, do, I and i think that goes back to like being ready for said yeah but endeavor. don't you like, think that in a smaller place oh for sure people would be more inclined to like do that second date do that third date yeah yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. because it's like you go on a lot of first dates here just the first yeah i was gonna ask you this question earlier and i forgot but it's more relevant now anyway what when we were talking about people who move here without jobs how impressed we are yeah and just how your job is not a reflection of your self-worth no 
Um, Especially now. And We're 20, struggling to get one in general is not a reflection of your self-worth. That said. Yes. When on the apps... Did you count people out? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent because of their jobs. Yeah, hundred. Well, the thing. What is this? Bo- what is this? Yeah, it's kind of rude. Well, uh, internalized. I I think it's. <laughs> you're right. I hundred percent count mm-hmm. people out on the apps because of their job, and I definitely count people. Eat. There will be people who I was like, <gasps> and it sounds shallow to say, but it's true. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, there are people when it's like oh, I see their profile and I'm like on oh, the fence, and then I see their job and I'm like okay (laughs) but and it's not even about like well one we talked about it like your job is like really wrapped in your self-worth in the city i feel like it is and i do feel like it depends who you run in well there is something to be said about just like being in the same place in your life as someone else exactly but also like i do feel like I, I don't know, and maybe it is me. Like I, I hate to be judgy. I hate to be a judgy kind of person, and maybe it is me judging other people, but there is things that you, like, <laughs> sorry. It's definitely not not great, a great thing to do, but I definitely do it. Like, I definitely think there is, I don't well, want to call it's internalized. a standard. But, yeah, it's well, internalized. No, it's, it's what, you're, what you've been told to think. Exactly. And I get there is a practicality point to it like i do think yeah in any serious relationship that is that matters there's practicality even if it's someone that works 180 hours a week that's dramatic but like you know (laughs) what i mean and you're like that's not what i want that's not like the relationship that i want or if it's someone that uh travels a lot or freelances you know like there's different factors about it that make it a practical thing but I definitely learned from like being on the apps that <laughs> the apps. Um, I've definitely learned from being on the apps that like okay, it's where like, the judgment comes in that like exactly and like so I think for at least for me I don't know if everyone's like this I feel like you can get into a cycle where like oh you get on the apps you match with someone and then you're like talking to them for a while and you never meet up but if it's someone you want to meet up with like the whole I think the whole dy- dynamic changes once you meet like. I feel like you meet and then it's like oh this person is like this this person mm-hmm. is like that this is what I like this is what I want you know what I mean like it doesn't even matter anymore and by the, the time yeah exactly mm-hmm. it doesn't matter like it, it, it becomes irrelevant but you have to get to that point you know what I mean yeah. so if you're counting all these people out that don't oh my god exactly it's it's a double-edged sword for sure I'm excited that you deleted them I'll probably download them like next week. <laughs> <laughs> the apps are like a way to meet new people. Like it's hard in the pandemic. Obviously, you're not meeting all kinds of people. I do think the apps are a good way to meet new people, but it really is judging someone, judging a book by its cover. Like yeah. it very much is. Like you can only get so much across. You can only. It's like Instagram. Like people are just putting their best foot forward. Mm. Like, you don't mm-hmm. see. You're not gonna get a clear picture. And well, that's again why I have found it so important to talk to people honestly about their experiences because you really only see and this is moving out of dating and just into life mm-hmm. you only see the the product not the process yeah. and so much about the process i think is universal and relatable and important Arguably to acknowledge the best part. yeah and important to acknowledge because like it's really easy to get 
caught up in your own world and feel like you're the only person experiencing this these kinds of things these yeah. kinds of things and then you talk to other people and you're like oh it's more than what your profile looks like you know there's <laughs> yeah. more to it there's a lot always, more to it always and like if i randomly found your website i would be like oh she's she's fully important. she's senior level <laughs> graphic it's funny design. it's funny it is and i think I, I was also talking about to a friend about this the other day, and the best, the best, best, and re- another reason I, I do love New York is there's all kinds of people here, and I think the best way to, like, feel related to and, like, understand the process is just to talk to people about their process and, like, how they got to where they are now and, like, the steps that it took, yeah. l- like you're doing on this podcast, the steps that it took f- to get from point A to point B because mm-hmm. they're not what you thought. They aren't. No. They never are. They're not what they thought. They're not what you thought. They're not what society thought it was going to be. Like. Right, exactly. So what do you do when you are hitting a rock bottom in New York? Like, how do I cope? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a great question. Actually, I'm, I'm going to be very vulnerable here and say I'm really bad at this. Like, I am definitely the guy that, like, tries to be happy all the time. And I'm like, you're fine. Mm-hmm. You are fine. You can just push through it. Um functioning functioning anxiety if you will um but you can't be fine all the time so I give myself a reset and I I I do like to lean on other people but I do like to give myself a reset and I'm like whoa 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 take a step back look at what you've done make a plan it doesn't have to be super rigid but like you need to be able to see through some of this smoke to get Mm. to where you want to be like yeah um but I just like to, and I'm a big, I'm not a big journaler, but I am a journaler. Mm-hmm. So like, and I, I am big on, it's hard for me to like aggregate my thoughts and like get across what I'm trying to say, not even say, but like convey to other people, like anyone in general. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of where my anxiety comes from. Like, I don't like to. Like, if I don't think I will evoke... self-expression? Yeah, like, if I don't think I will... I'm scared of, like, saying the wrong thing to explain how I feel and then not getting what I'm trying to say across. So, like, if I think I don't have the words or if I think I don't know how to frame something, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to let you know because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's not worth it, which I don't think is to a core. I don't think it's true, and I don't think you should live that way. I feel like you should talk things out and, like, work them out, and eventually you'll get there. Mm But I don't know. That's very hard for me. So journaling is helpful to get my thoughts out, especially when I'm at home. <laughs> and sometimes I, I'm the person that's like when I'm angry, I need to sit with something. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm feeling a certain way, I need to sit with it. Yeah. I need to like be in it. I need to feel it. I need to work through it. And it's then important. I can come out through the other side, if that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And okay, if we were to rewind five years... What would you tell 19-year-old Janae? <laughs> in terms of what? I don't know. Like just life? in terms of expectations and from what you know now and just what you've learned trying to figure it all out. I mean... Not that we're necessarily... Yeah, I wouldn't like say... Like I said in the beginning, we're, in, we're still in the thick of it. Of it but you've learned stuff. I am, I, and I'm definitely in a place of transition, and 
honestly, I think life is transition. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm very much that. I'm not. I like goals, but I'm not that person that's like planned out my five years. Like I feel like I'm always in a place of flux. But so what'd you tell her? If I could go back and talk to (laughs) 19 year old me, I would tell myself to be curious. I would tell Mm. myself to fail forward I would tell Mm. myself to not be afraid to put myself out there and like explore new things and just like go for lack of better words balls to the wall like yeah (laughs) just go for it because this this takes me back to I think I think it was you who sent me this TikTok I don't remember but about being a time billionaire oh was it you who sent me yeah probably and probably or you sent it to me from someone else I don't know but it's this concept that we have the opportunity cost of what we do now is so low because we're so young we have all this time ahead of us so like if you mess up like what you learn can only excel you forward like do the mess ups make the mistakes be on shaky ground because it's only going to in the tiktok they were saying how if you were 90 years old yes and able to trade time for money people would choose time every every time time. (laughs) (laughs) um so being the bearer of time yeah which we are which you are when you're young in your 20s is to embrace that as a currency and use that and something that i don't want to say is disposable it's it's not disposable but we have a lot of it it's more disposable (laughs) that's true so yeah so just like take advantage of it yes and obviously every day isn't guaranteed like obviously of course under normal sta- circumstances we have a lot of but time. in the best case scenario you're taking advantage of it anyway yeah so, you're like, taking advantage of it so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter exactly so like do i would tell myself to do all of the things and i definitely feel like i'm a doer mm-hmm. i very much am and i will i was talking to a friend the other day and she was like i have realized when you put yourself into something you like do it like you Aww. like you like do the research it's such a compliment yeah like you're like in you're in it <laughs> like yeah. when you decide to be in it you're in it <laughs> and that's I'm great like, it's a great quality i think it's a blessing but also a curse because kind of like what you said with the job search like you talk yourself into something and then you talk yourself out of it and i'm very much a person that's like in it like when i talk myself into something mm-hmm. i'm like in it i spent time i've spent money i've spent energy yeah. But I think it's different now because I'll talk myself into something and then I have, and then when nothing happens for three months and then I'm just like, why did I talk myself into this? Like, but also did nothing happen? Like you learned something. That's true. That's You fair. did. That's you fair. got somewhere. You made skills that you might not have had before that yeah. can be applied to other things. That's true. And that's, I think that's, but that's like about looking at the bigger picture. Exactly. It's just hard sometimes. And what you wanted might not have come to fruition but the skills that you gain trying to get to where you wanted to mm-hmm. can help you into getting where you're going to go yeah if that makes sense yeah no i yeah i think it's i think it's important to have that perspective and so i hope that anyone who's listening to this who is also in the thick of it can um can appreciate 
appreciate i don't even care about appreciating it it's just like if (laughs) you're in the thick of it i hope that yeah i hope that you feel like a little bit less alone and exactly um like everything's gonna be okay exactly and like also like i feel like it's hard to remember that like your journey is not the same as everyone else's like you could do all of the same things as someone else and like be in a totally different place and i think it's important to remember you have to do what's right for you and i feel like a lot oh my god yes i know and i feel like a lot of us have felt very alone in like the year of 2020 i think that tell me if i'm wrong about this this is a hot take i feel like um doing the things that are right for you that benefit you Uh is uh, takes a little longer for women to learn oh my god is that a hot take i i i think it's a hot take and i do think it's true for a lot of because i've admired like i don't i don't want to put any kind i don't know i don't know i take it back because i don't no i don't take it back no but i don't know what it's true I can't like climb can't inside speak to someone a male journey. brain and try to no. understand what they're thinking. No, but you know, like I just ad- I have men in my life that I admire for their just blatant like I am doing this because it's right, it's benefiting but me, it's right for me. I don't know they could have obviously internalized anxiety and like I'm not, and, but it's stuff not like to that. say they don't, but. But I want to, like, let me throw out this statistic. Like, I've heard this statistic in looking for a job search, and it's, like, men are three or four times more likely to apply for a job that they're underqualified for than women are. Like, it's just, like... you telling me that. It's just, like, they... I do think they have this... I'm not saying all men, but, like, I do think there is something there in which they're told, oh, they it's can like, do it either way. It's, like, a way. boldness. Yes, they have this bold... They can do it. Even if even if they're underqualified, they can do it. And we're mm. we are kind of, like okay we i want to live i'm we want to live more considerate within the rules because and i feel like because women have had to especially as a black woman like i was talking to a good friend of ours who had listened to a study from i believe it was harvard but don't quote me Um, (laughs) but it said that a resume of a person of color has to be pushed out two-thirds more times than someone who's not like out of the pile like yeah they have to push no like their self like i have to put Uh, out um two-thirds times more resumes than oh my god a uh, person who's not of color like that's like i feel like that can be very discouraging even i was gonna say like does that help to know like i mean i don't know if it helps i don't know almost doesn't help to know i mean it it does and it doesn't you know what i mean it's important to acknowledge yes because there's a lot of fixing to be done yeah there's a lot of fixing but that is heartbreaking it is and i i don't think it should be obviously it's not right but i don't think it should be stifling like i feel like okay I'm going back to the hustle culture where hustle culture helps you. Like, yeah. okay, I have to push three times harder, or harder, but I'm going to, and mm-hmm. I can, and I will be better for it at the end of the road. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously, it's but not it's ideal. But it's not like you wake up every day and have that mindset. No, right? No, and it's very hard to, yeah. and you have to put yourself in it yeah. for sure. But yeah, I feel like all of that. I feel like all of that is relevant. Like, I feel like we. like even if you said as women have to realize okay 
what I do every time is not going to equal what someone else does. And my journey is, might have to be a little bit different than for whatever reason. But be bold. Than someone else's. But just do it. Do it anyway. Just be have bold. Time. Have the audacity. Have <laughs> the audacity. <laughs> Get out there. Aww. Yeah, because you'll, like, and I am very much a believer in, like, I feel like this is so cliche. Like a lot of people say this, but like what's supposed to happen will happen. And it's almost like a coping mechanism. But like, yeah, I think it's true. Like look at the people in your life. I think it's true, especially okay. if you like, are being proactive. Yeah. You know, like, like it's going to happen. Make a change. Yes. Yeah. I think, you know, that doesn't necessarily apply if you're just waiting for stuff to, to happen. But if you're being proactive, you're doing what you can. Yeah. And then it's the rest is going to follow, you know? Exactly. Before we close out, <laughs> I want you to tell a little bit about um, the passion projects you're working on and what you're working towards. What is my passion project? I don't know. You're working towards a lot of <laughs> design stuff. I am working on a lot you of design You spend stuff. a lot of time I outside do. of your job working on other things. I do. The things. So, due to some technical difficulty, Janae was not able to finish that sentence. So, I'm going to finish it. <laughs> you can find her at her Instagram, which is at Janae Tiana, and her website, which is www.janaealston.com. I will include both of those things in um, the Instagram post on the Thoughtful Intentions podcast account. She's so talented, so please check out some of her work and, you know, hire her <laughs> if you need someone. Um, she does really cool logo designs, and I know that she's not going to say that, so I'm going to say it. Um, and again, she's done so much of the branding for this podcast, so <coughs> proof is in the pudding. Um, check it out, and thank you so much again for listening. This has been Fiona Winch and Janae Alston on Thoughtful Intentions.